press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. We are here with a twin talk. Hi, everybody. And Dylan, I have to tell you, your hair looks very lusciously curly today. Is this that Love Island <laughs> contestants product that you're it wearing? It is. It is. And I think now you're at the point in Love Island that you would know who the contestant is. Oh, wait, it's who? A, it's a product that I lovingly say is peddled by Ayal Booker. Oh, yeah. I loved him. He that's a rare, serious though. That's a rare take. Yeah, a lot of people think that he was too serious for the show. Wait, is it a rare take? Yeah. Wait, I think we actually have discussed this before, but that he was <laughs> on there because I remember saying he he dated one of Lisa Rinna's daughters. Mm, that's how I first was introduced to Ial. And that's no, it's Ial. It it's Ial. Is it? I think so. at least that's how they say it in British. Well, I I think I'm saying it how Lisa Rinna pronounced it. Oh, how fun! I love yeah. like a. Arena impression. Funny, I was thinking about pronunciations yesterday because it was, uh, we're recording this on Monday, October 30th. And yesterday was the day that a lot of people were posting about Wicked. And oh, yeah. Sonia Morgan, beloved housewife New of New York, I saw this. Glenda. Uh-huh. And you said it to me and you said, LOL, Glenda. And it's so funny. Some people write Glenda. Some people say Glenda. Some people say Galinda. I know. And I was like, oh it's so God. funny that people will willingly just with their whole chest say a name and, and say it wrong. I know. Well, it's like Luanne de la Seps calls Sonia Sonia. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she Luanne does a few other ones. Or I know somebody who pronounced Potomac Potomac. Yeah. And then I just got it in my head that it was Potomac. And I think Potomac is ultimately more fun to say. But I know confident mispronunciations are hilarious. Yeah. I mean, like you and I will sometimes jokingly refer to Leah Michelle as Leah Michelle. You know, it's stuff like that. Although, you know, there's a contingent of people out there who would like argue that mispronunciations is actually super rude, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I do recognize that. But I just think it's like when someone it's it's funny. I think it's funny. LOL. I don't, I don't necessarily think. That what we're talking about is a mispronunciation, though. I think it's when you mix someone's, like, where they live, where they're from, the the affectation on their voice. It might be, like, an East Coast version. It's like sorority versus sorority. It's not necessarily like you're saying it wrong. You're just stressing a different vowel. So Leah versus Leah, Sonia versus Sonia. It's just, you know, different affectations. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I hear you. Very different if you said someone's name completely wrong. You know what? Leia Michelle herself is doing her Carnegie Hall debut tonight. I forgot that that was a thing that was happening. I thought about going. I mean, obviously, before I realized it was the night of, you know, the Wicked's 20th anniversary performance. Isn't there like an amazing couple of weeks of Carnegie Hall performances? Yes, but I, you know, it's escaping my memory what they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but oh, what I was going to say was tickets were expensive, like beyond. Carnegie Hall. I guess that's true. The iconic Carnegie Hall. Dylan, so much has been going on since we sat down to chat, just the two of us. And we need to get into it. There is so much theater happening. I know. And announcements. Are really in gear. It was really fun. when I remember when we talked to Christopher Fitzgerald, it was mentioned that 
this was like a huge Broadway season. And then he feels like he really hopes that things are getting back in motion into the whole ecosystem of Broadway and Times Square is like really in place. And I honestly agree. Even since we last spoke to him, there have been so many announcements of not only new musicals, but new casts, things like that. I mean, the the long rumored cabaret revival finally announced that it is going into the August Wilson. They're renovating the whole thing. And it's starring Eddie Redmayne and Gail Rankin, which is really exciting. I'm so glad that Eddie Redmayne is coming over and doing it only for six months, according to their the press release. Interesting. And he wants to come in and grab a Tony Award and leave. Perhaps. I mean, I don't even want to talk about Tony Awards yet. Would he? Would, I know. Would you he, and I made a pact that we wouldn't talk about it on the podcast until January. Here's how Eddie gets his Tony. And You're I breaking the pact. I know. But here's the thing. This bothers me because I am of the belief that this is Jonathan Groff's finally his chance to win in Merrily Roll, We Roll Along. I really want Groff to have a Tony, right? Like, in fact, I think he, like, the narrative is there. Like, he, you know, got his nomination for his debut in Spring Awakening. And then he comes back Actually to- Actually, wasn't his debut. Oh, you're right. There was that other thing, right? Well, I guess, it, yeah, the, well, he got his big Tony nomination for Spring Awakening. And then a couple years later- Hamilton in a very small, I mean, there are no small parts, only small actors, but in a very featured role of King George. And he was amazing in that. In fact, I think I could argue that he could have mm-hmm. won that year too. But of course, I always I always say it was Chris Fitzgerald in Waitress Beyond. But anyway, but it was David Diggs. Here Groff is. Yeah. It was. It was. He was great. He was great. I wonder why that role of the Hamiltons, that, mm-hmm. of the Hamiltons, did that one win the Tony because we had Chris Jackson mm-hmm. as Washington and Groff. Was that it? And then one, two, three. Gavin Creel was nominated for She Loves Me and Chris Fitzgerald's was for Waitress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, and now here Groff is starring in this immediately beloved praised Merrily We Roll Along, having its redemption arc on Broadway. A redemption and, arc. And Dylan, we saw him in it at New York Theater Workshop. And oh my God, you could see in his eyes how genuine and dropped into this performance he is. So I imagine he's just as great on Broadway. And I really want, I really, really, really want Groff to have a Tony Award. And I think Eddie could still get one if Cabaret wins because he's a producer. It's true. Eddie does already have a Tony Award, too. He he won for a play called Red. That's right. I that's, think that was in 2015. That's when we first met him. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, actually, no, it wasn't 2015. It, it was a different year. I think it was 2010. But that's when we first met him. I remember thinking, who is this cutie? Yeah, and then he was in Les Mis. Yes, that would have been definitely 2010, because then he did Danish Girl and a bunch of other things beyond that. But And Les Mis, of course. Yeah, we're we're swearing off Tony talk, though. I know, we'll move on. You know, we'll- I, I love that you're, you're early campaigning for Jonathan Groff. But yeah, so Eddie is going to be in it. And then also Gail Rankin, who I'm not familiar with her work at all, is going to be Sally Bowles. She was in the other cabaret revival, though, that just happened. Well, not just happened. I guess it was almost 10 years ago in 2014. The the Williams and Stone. The Williams and Stone and Alan Cumming production, which I know Gail from Glow on Netflix. You know Gail. (laughs) And Gail is my friend. To steal a phrase from Taylor Swift's 1989 deluxe edition, the stolen version from... Right. 
God. Okay. We'll get into that though, because I definitely want to get Oh, but I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Gail played a very strange role on Glow and I was never really a huge fan of that character, but she's a good actor. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I think they'll be great together. I'm so interested to see what they do at the August Wilson, because obviously having seen Cabaret on the West End, I mean, that was an experience and what they did to the Kit Kat Club was phenomenal. Oh yeah, also we should say they're calling this cabaret Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's really fun. I wonder as well, I wonder what they're going to do with it because you entered through the stage door at the one at over in in London. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite productions of any show I've ever seen ever. And so it's it has a uh, a big big shoes to follow. And of course, the conversation continues about Broadway prices. I don't know if you've seen the online chatter about how insanely expensive it is. No, wait, what do you, what's, uh, what are we talking here? I mean, cause you know, there can be the dining experience and whatnot. I guess top prices are like up to like $700. Oh my God. I would never pay I mean, that. I would never no. pay. In London, we paid maybe a little bit over a hundred pounds each, which was still expensive. It was the most expensive show we paid for, but that's a typically a normal Broadway price. And that was a expensive ticket for London. It was. Everything else was weight was under 100 pounds. I mean, but I think we paid 25, 35 for a few other things, but I really don't think $700 is worth it for any any for any theatrical experience. I'll just throw that out there. I would never pay that for anything. You know, I tried desperately. I was so sad. I tried desperately. Amy and I registered one email address for the Adele Weekends with Adele Vegas show that she extended for next year and I was really really hoping that I would get a code to get into the Ticketmaster queue because I just love her. I feel like this is the the venue I'd want to see her in and doing all of the songs we know and love that are so, oh my God, stunning. But anyway, I did not get a presale code, but the resales for these tickets and also the the fees they tack on to the tickets that aren't even being resold are crazy. Oh yeah, you said they were like 500, 600, oh my maybe God. even seven. I mean, and that's one ticket, but you're seeing a legend, you know, Broadway, I definitely think you should pay for the quality of what you're seeing. You know, it's promising to be an amazing production, but I don't know. I mean, that's setting a really high standard. I I suppose those are premium prices, though. Also, the food can't be that good. There's no way. In a Broadway theater, where do they have the, are they having the catering delivered? They must. I don't think there's a kitchen they can use. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. The logistics of it are really interesting. What I'm excited about is to see who the rest of the cast are going to be. Obviously, there's lots of rumors online. Oh Um, yeah, I hope that we see lots of friends of the pod in the uh, in the supporting and maybe even ensemble roles going forward. Well, I have I have said this for a while now, but Taylor Trench would be an incredible MC. I'm a little sad they didn't just give him the part. But I'm, I doubt they're even held auditions. But when Eddie is done, I think Taylor would kill that role. Yeah. Taylor is such a chameleon and, and really is amazing. The, the big rumor that I've seen on Twitter is that B.B. Newworth is going in as the Fraulein character. And, and that's obviously iconic because, you know, she has a long history with Candor and Ebb roles. And I think it would be really cool to see her go in. So my wig. You know, I think it'll be really great. And no matter what, I'm definitely going to weasel my way in there. You and I might have to line up for rush tickets as we've as we've done in the past. But other other um, casting, The Notebook has announced its cast. And this is a show that 
played out of town in Chicago last year and they're going the the fun home route, as I like to call it, by having three ages of each of Noah and Allie. Matt Doyle spoke very highly of her Joy Woods. She's going to be in it. And John Cardoza, who toured in Moulin Rouge, is going to be in it. I mean, that's obviously going to be the best. The like in their 20s version. Yeah. Oh my I, God. I can't remember. the. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But I do think that's like a very meaty section of their love life. That's like the crying in the rain, isn't it? Oh, it's everything. It's if I'm a bird, you're a bird. So I did go on a Gosling kick in early 2017. And I watched so many of his films. <laughs> you do that with actors. You'll pick someone and you'll sort of go through their uh, repertoire. Yeah, because I feel like I have blind spots, you know, but I love Ryan Gosling. And I feel like he was an underrated actor for a while because we all kind of wrote him off like, oh, he's in the notebook. Oh, you know, he's just like hot, whatever. But he's fantastic. And he's great in the notebook. And so is Rachel McAdams. But Dylan, in my rewatch, cried like a baby absolutely sobbed lost my mind sobbing it is so beautiful even though i don't like nicholas sparks and he doesn't like gay people so that's tough but oh my gosh i cannot wait to see joy woods and john cardoza who is incredible and i heard that you know joy of course was just in little shop and john just did christian and moulin rouge on the road and i know people who saw him in it and said that he was just out of this world so i think they're going to be great yeah they're going to be great so those those are um joy is i was wrong joy is middle alley with ryan vasquez who's middle noah john cardoza and an, an actress named jordan tyson are the younger versions oh okay so okay so john will say if i'm a bird you're a bird okay and then kissing in the rain reuniting writing the letters in the letters that will be vasquez and woods okay there's a few things that were of note to me with this casting which obviously i didn't this is pretty similar to what happened with chicago so it's not this isn't like breaking news but it's more on my radar now that it's going to be in new york and it's something that you and i can see is the younger and middle they're honestly um they could they look similar in age to me so I don't, I think that's why we got confused there. So I I think it's, you know, the suspension of disbelief. And then also this notion of their colorblind casting that goes into, so the characters are white or Allie is, is black and then becomes white at the very end. Marianne Plunkett plays her. And then Dorian Harewood is playing older Noah and John Cardoza and Ryan Vasquez or John is white. And then Ryan Vasquez, I think is, He's Latino, right? He's Latino, and then he becomes black. So um, a lot of people on TikTok are really confused about this, and they're not upset. They're just confused about what it means. And I don't, I'm sure it's intentional that the races pretty much change exactly by the end. But I think that this does open the door for like understudies, anyone else. You could be any type of, you know, race to play the roles. But at the same time, I wonder if it's intentional because for those who have seen the movie and know, the storyline that that Allie has Alzheimer's doesn't mean that she's misremembering something. Are they remembering something in their youth differently? Do they mm. remember themselves a different way? I don't know. That's really interesting. I suppose maybe that's it. This story is just being told and it, it's a memory piece in general in so many ways. So maybe that's it. Like the story is playing out the way it is and these are the people telling it, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily them, yeah. like theater in general. So I wonder if it'll be like, a, a frame story or if they're going to just tell it straight through it's if they'll be a, from what i understand are they a troop 
is this giving inheritance vibes where they all jump in <laughs> and or godspell even i guess no it's non-linear it so I, I think that you do pop in and out of different scenes and characters mm. and things like that so needless to say i can't wait i heard it was really good in chicago i mean it's it's in my opinion one of the more hyped up original musicals this season and there's going to be a couple yeah so lampica was just announced and that played out of town at la jolla last year queen eden espinosa is returning to broadway and what I love about this is it's a star vehicle for her. You know, we, she's done Brooklyn. She's done Wicked. This is just really exciting that she's coming back in this big way. We, we got to see her in Rent as Maureen. And I love that the producers are saying, no, this is who we want to play this role, you know, when it comes to Broadway. And I think it's a risk, honestly, in this, in this economy. But hopefully it'll pay off. It looks really interesting. The, the promo materials all were just released today. And I know that Natalie Joy Johnson did perform in it out West. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping they bring her in because literally love her. I mean, Obsessed. listeners might know her from Legally Blonde. She was Enid and then she played Paulette on the tour. <laughs> but I've gone to see her different cabaret shows in the city with my friend Preston. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. The voice. She can <laughs> sing. She did this Celine Dion medley that I guess is one of her signature numbers, but... Dylan, she can wail. I can't oh, wait yeah. to see her. I, I should say, I fingers crossed hope that she is in the Broadway transfer because yeah. wow, 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 she's fantastic. And there was somebody else in Lampica, wasn't there, that's of note? Well, it it played, I think I it was forget. Amber Iman, but I think that it oh, played, okay. when it played at Williamstown Theater Festival, it had Carmen Cusack in it and Rachel That's Tucker. it. It was like a bunch of alphabas. And then they switched things up and obviously needed to like diversify the cast and whatnot. And yeah. I don't know who the other role was, but who knows what's going to happen when it comes to Broadway. But it's it's giving like, you know, it's a it's an artist. You know, we love an artist storyline, maybe a little Sunday in the Park vibe, but also it's very lesbianist from what I understand. So <laughs> love it. The sapphics are I'm, going wild online for it. So I'm excited. I mean, there was a bare breast in the promo. I know. I know. I'm, I loved I'm, that. I know. Free I the nipple. I, I Broadway is freeing getting... the nipple. <laughs> Broadway has been free the nipple for a long time. Actually, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like in Smash, when Ivy was playing Marilyn and she was sort of trying to get to the truth of the scene of JFK, and she ultimately did drop her blouse and you saw her full bosoms. You saw Marilyn's Monroe's. It was a duvet. Oh, you're right. It was. She was. She was clutched in a in a duvet, <laughs> much like Lily Gladstone's character in Colors of the Flower Moon, who was always wrapped in her like a shawl type thing, like a shawl, which was legendary. Okay, oh, we'll yeah. get into that later. And the way it was perfectly always folded. Oh my so god, glam. she ate that. So glam. Eight. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So Lampika, which you know what excites me is a, a lesbian led musical, like the the character being a lesbian. You know, we the prom, we had fun home. You know, the history of lesbian led musicals continues on and there's so many other shows the outsiders which i don't really know too much about that that's coming based in. on the film and book mm-hmm. water for elephants is a new musical so it's gonna be a very rich wow. rich season of new musicals and some revivals too i mean we already have merrily mm-hmm. is here lies i think we've talked about this on the pod but is here lies love considered a revival or an or a new I musical think it'll be considered a new musical Dylan, here we are. Here we go. Putting things into categories again. Well, we can I, categorize. We, we aren't to... talking. We're not talking awards, though. <laughs> now, what else? What else is on the list of well, I, current pop culture things? I did want to talk to you about tonight because, well, by the time this comes out, it'll have passed. But 
you get to go to the the 20th anniversary performance of Wicked. Yes. Oh my God. We should do a Patreon episode where I recap it. So I'm going to the performance and I get to go to the after party. So fun. Dylan, could you ever have imagined when we were 12 years old, you know, 13, whenever we discovered Wicked and all these years, like 18 years later, we are having this series where we talk to all these Wicked alums and also the 50 plus at least Wicked alums we've had on the pod. And I get to work on the show every day and I'm going to the 20th anniversary show where, you know, the original cast members will be attending and then I get to go to the after party. Like it's crazy. It's so crazy. When you say it like that, I mean, it's like, you know, I I couldn't even have imagined it five years ago when you and I won the lottery for to go to the 15th anniversary performance. Yes. Oh my God. You're right. We were literally seated in the last row of the Gershwin, which is far back. That's a big theater. It was far back, but it was, I mean, I remember you were like sobbing during the performance. Was I okay? You weren't working at, at, at your job yet? No, I was at the Lyric. I had just moved back to New York. Wicked, okay. Wicked has come in and out of our lives, I guess, at different times. But but wow, you're right. And then it would be a full year later that I would start working on it. But, but yeah. yeah, tonight's the night. I'm so excited. I got myself a new suit. It's, yeah, I'm excited it's like a to see. burgundy maroon type color. Well, I guess more leaning towards burgundy. But I was inspired by Fierro's Ozdust ballroom outfit. And that's why I was thinking oh. I would wear it. I love that. I think there would be a lot of pink yeah, and green and black. Everyone else is going black. pink and green. And black, yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder if we'll see a lot of... See, I love blue and like Glinda's blue, but that color suit would look kind of tacky. So apologies to anybody who is wearing that color tonight. But I know I can't wait, Dylan. It just feels wrong not having you there. I wish you could be my plus one. I would probably wear something Bach-inspired because I would need to, <laughs> to represent the box. Maybe like a, a rustic... Like a, he wears sort of like a mustardy color to the Ozdust ballroom. Maybe I would go with that, but. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, he does. Susan, yeah, Susan, sort of... Susan Helferty, come on the pod and talk to us. That oh, that could be fun. That would have been fun for our Wicked 20 series. Maybe, maybe with Wicked 25, we'll do another big series. You, but... you know, I was worried that someone was going to say, you guys didn't have a Glinda. You guys didn't have a Glinda. And we were search, we, we were hunting down a Glinda for a while. And I'm not going to say who, because I think maybe we'll get her one day. But, uh, but fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But y'all, a very special Glinda to us is doing the pod this fall. So stay tuned. Yes. It's on the books. You're going to be very pleased with this star. We've been in so many, yes. so many beloved shows, including one right now. So that's the tease there. Oh, I love that. I love that tease because it's true. We, when, when selecting the list, it was, a ri- we originally wanted to have, you know, a Glenda, Elphaba, Fierro, and Nessa Rose, but then Chris Fitzgerald came through and we were like, well, I guess we're having a Bach in there. <laughs> Wait, fun, fun, wicked thing that I want to say. I once had someone, speaking of mispronunciations, <laughs> I once had someone in my life who very earnestly and always called Bach Bog, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Not earnestly. Someone who works in the industry as well. Dylan, that's disturbing for even the reason that Glinda does mispronounce his name. I guess we're talking about mispronunciation today, but she calls him Bick. Yeah. I saw Book of Mormon over the weekend, and (laughs) for the first time in probably 10 years, I think the last time I saw Book of Mormon was when we were in college, and it was on tour, and... We got free tickets through the Student Activities Board. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that I, was 2016. I think Cody Jameson Strand was Elder Cunningham. I want to say. Who, yeah. oh my God, absolute legend. But what I was going to say was one of the running gags is that he's always mispronouncing Nabalungi, Nabalungi's name as I do it mm-hmm. myself here. And I always wonder, like, do they improv? 
because he called her like Nissan Rogue at one point. And I was like, <laughs> I don't remember him saying that when I saw it. <laughs> Crate or Nissan Altima, I forget. But that's so funny. It's wait, so stupid. Book of Mormon, so funny. So funny. Not as funny as I remember it, but still funny. I mean, the jokes were written in what, 2010, maybe even maybe sooner. sooner. You know, it's. Yeah. And, and I know that you retooled a lot of it or some of it. I think they were supposed to retool more of it, TBH, post-pandemic. But <laughs> right, right. It's, um, it's still freaking hilarious. I'm glad that you got to go and see it. I know. Little life hack for the listeners out there. So here's what I did. 30 minutes before the show, went up to the box office. I said, hey, do you guys have any rush tickets? And word to the wise, Book of Mormon does not do rush. But the guy goes, how much would you pay? We don't do rush, but how much are you looking to pay? And I was like, mm, like less than 50 and he, you know, you know, boop, boop, boop on his computer. He's like typing, like, I have no idea what he's doing. And he goes, I can get you an amazing seat if you pay $59. And that's still actually a really great price, by the way. That's great. And I was like, oh, where's the seat? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I didn't want him to put me like, you know, back mez if I know. Because you went like a month or so ago and, and did, the, did same the same thing. thing. But mm-hmm. um, I think. And I was like, or did you pay 50 though? I think you paid cheaper. I think I paid, yeah. I think you paid cheaper. But anyway, he was like, yeah, it was a premium ticket. It was orchestra, like house left, roquet, dead center. I was, of course, seated behind a six foot five man who was extremely tall. And I did get a booster seat so I could see the show. But everyone, if you have the ability, there's where there's a will, there's a way. And it never hurts to ask. So if you're looking to go see a show and the tickets are expensive, it never hurts to go up to the box office and be like, what's your cheapest ticket? Because they could give you a pretty cheap one at a great view. And some shows have tickets that they don't sell online because they're either partial view, which is like what happened with mine. That's why mine was cheaper because you had a full view seat except for the person in front of you. <laughs> but mine was fully a partial view seat. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you're willing to do that, you never know what'll happen. You never know. I know that at the Al Hirschfeld, there is there are seats that are like that. So ooh, tease. Look, this is this is you know this is our uh, our behind the the curtain tricks. It's getting to see shows, but. Listen, we got to give you all the scoops. Like, you don't have to pay full price with fees, y'all. And definitely don't buy on Broadway.com. They're never no. going to sponsor us, so I don't feel uncomfortable saying this. But they rack up those fees, y'all. Don't do it. Well, it's like a reseller. It's like it's almost like going through a broker to buy a house, you know, for <laughs> an apartment. They have to skim some off for themselves. Okay, listen. Something big did happen over the weekend that I want to get into before we finish up today's episode. Okay. You and I are big Swifties. And although we've liked to separate ourselves a little bit from the online Swifty community because bitches be cray. It's gotten out of control. It's gotten so out of control. Something weird has happened. Yeah. I think you and I were talking about it with one of our friends and we were saying like, what, what has created this, this hunger for Taylor Swift post pandemic? It's great. There's monsters. The monsters that were hiding all, all of our lives. I mean, like (laughs) I, I was talking about it with our friend, Lisa. Like she was bullied even in college for liking Taylor and the same sorority sisters that would like, you know, say to her, like, you can't have a poster up during recruitment are now being like, are going to the heiress tour. And it's just like, so oh, bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. We've always loved her and we always loved 1989, which is definitely a perfect pop album. So her re-record was much anticipated for us. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts I mean, I love it. To be honest with you, I haven't listened to the the main album at large a lot. I've mostly just been listening to the vault tracks Same. because that's just how I am with these re-releases. 
I'm obsessed with them. I think they're all amazing. Like I, I, there have been some of the, like, for example, with speak now, I didn't love all of the, the re-records. I remember saying to you, I was like, well, they are definitely cut for a reason. <laughs> the speak now ones. <laughs> oh, you mean the vaults? The vault tracks. Yeah. Whereas this one, I feel like they all could have certainly been on the album, but I understand why they weren't. And that's because I don't think they necessarily fit the overall narrative in this, or they aren't in, as I feel she does with her music, aren't as specific as some of her other music is that are so specific yet broadly relatable. I know I hear you, but I do think that the one is definitely about Harry Styles, which, Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say don't go or no. Um, is it over now? Is it over now? It's definitely cause she's singing about white snow, red blood from his, you know, accident, which she references in, in out of the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember when he hit the brakes too soon, 20 stitches in a hospital room. Period. No, I'm curious what your favorite I love that song. what your favorite vault songs are. There was the very hyped up slut. I mean, what a misnomer and what a misdirect in name and in concept. Agreed. I think the song should have been called Drunken Love, which I know is a Beyonce <laughs> song, but that's another that feels like it could be the title. It's like a spicy, it's a spicy title. She's going for something with with the word slut here. Because if I'm gonna be drunk, at least I'm gonna be drunk in love. That's part of the chorus. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with slut. I think it's my favorite. Are you? I think it's my favorite. I think it is so catchy. I really do. I mean, she knows how to write a song. I think it is so good, which is weird because I don't really relate to the verses, but the chorus is amazing. I'm absolutely shocked right now, Connor. Love drunk, went straight to my head, got love sick all over my bed. It's just really good. I can't believe, I did not know that you felt this way. And I do fully disagree. I mean, I I don't have any plans to listen to it anytime soon. Really? I didn't know that you felt that. You I feel do. That way. It just to me, the aforementioned Swifty community online are joking that it's a, a midnight's cast off. Yeah. Oh, but it could be. I do think that the both have that pop sensibility. So, who's to say? I'm shook. I'm I'm honestly shook. I did not know, but you know, you are known for your strong, random. <laughs> I mean, like, you would die for the song Timeless on Speak Now, which, because of you, I do love it as well. Speak Now, Taylor's version. Oh, my God. I have to say, Timeless, Foolish One, and When Emma Falls in Love are three all-time greats. They are better than some of... I feel that way because of of you. Because you (laughs) make me feel uh, that way. They are so good. I think you're going to come on to the slut train. Okay. You're going to come on. Okay, here's a thought that I had, though. On the topic of slut, the song by Taylor Swift. Right. I was questioning if it was written back then or if it was written now about her remembering how she felt about that time, which I think is what these re-records are unfortunately missing. And we've talked about this before is we don't know if these Vaughn tracks were actually written back then. Obviously, she's changing them a little bit and mixing them, get there being produced and stuff recorded now. But I think there's something so special about an artist releasing an album when they're actually going through that or they've just recently gone through it. And I think that's why a lot of these songs don't hit as well as they used to. And when I was listening to Slut, I was like, I think this one specifically probably was written back then, but with some changes, you know? That's fair. If the if the songs weren't in raring condition to go back then and they needed some tune-ups now, that's fine. It's where we got the the, the line, fuck the patriarchy and all too well too. <laughs> 10 minute version so i agree and, with you. and of course from mr perfectly fine on fearless we got sashay away mm-hmm. my favorite from this vault is say don't go i think that it oh. is 
pop perfection. And I, I jokingly keep saying that Suburban Legends is going to be huge for the girls who married their middle school <laughs> sweetheart but didn't have a group of girlfriends of their own. You're so on that now, but Dylan, mm-hmm. every time it comes on, that's what hits my head now. I know. The I'm lyrics like, are good, though. They're great. So I think all five are amazing. Mm-hmm. All five vault tracks. Like, seriously, I'm obsessed. Even um, now that we don't talk, how can that not get stuck in your head after you listen oh, to it? Oh, it's a bop. That, that feels like 1989, too. And that's what 1989 was. It was bop after bop, and she really leaned into the pop era. Now, looking forth to Reputation, which is probably going to be the next one, It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Here's why. When she released Reputation, there was no Target Deluxe Edition. Remember this? Mm, oh, I remember. There was no press tour. She had later said there won't be a Deluxe Edition because she said everything she needed to say. She said, the rest is my reputation or something like that. It was like some weird Iconic. quote. Iconic I was so mad at her. I was so mad at her at that time. But I yeah. know, I know. Because I famously felt <laughs> we were in the era of Trump, early Trump and fake news and reputations. And I was like... Taylor, this is so off color for you to be releasing this album about fake news when Trump is literally accusing the failing New York Times of being the failing New York Times. I'm just kidding. I love you, MIT. Well, it was bogus, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay, is Taylor Swift Donald Trump? Oh, my God. (laughs) The two of the biggest cultural icons of the last decade. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm kidding. And I use icon as a word of like notability, not necessarily Mm -hmm. of love. Like an editorious way. Right, right. So, okay, going back to your thoughts on Reputation, you're right. She must have written a few vault tracks, though. There had to have been. But also, would the Reputation re-release be successful without vault tracks? Because I definitely think that that's the biggest draw to these Uh, albums. I agree. Um, hmm. It also came out so recently. Like, like I just said, it was an it early, it was just, you know, I, well, I guess actually like six years ago, but that's recent. That's really recent. Yeah. I wonder what it'll be like with Reputation. I was a grower for sure. For sure. For oh, sure. absolutely. But now that that's actually an album that I can remember listening to straight <laughs> through because I was like driving a car at that time and driving to work and uh-huh. I, it was like the only CD in the car. During your harness During days. my harness cycle days. And I did live for Reputation that winter. I will never forget because I was living in New York without you. Oh, yeah. Like I was there on my own and I didn't have the album and Taylor wasn't on Spotify at the time. That's important. So she was only, yeah, she was only on Apple Music, which we didn't have. But I did have the album downloaded on my phone, but I didn't like seek it out because I didn't love it. And you were in Ohio listening to Reputation every day on your way to work. I was not. And I remember you picked me up for like Thanksgiving, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. You picked me up from the airport and I'll never forget you word perfectly knowing Endgame by Taylor Swift. And I was like, I looked at you and I was like, I was like, what has happened? I was like, do you just listen to this in your spin class? Like what is happening? And you were just like, listen, you might not have loved it at first, but it, it has like seriously grown on me. And now looking back, I freaking love reputation. I know. Getaway car, dancing with our hands tied. I'm a call New Year's Day. I'm a call it what you want, girl, except for the lyric about going home to your cat. That felt like playing into Tumblr culture, but yeah. Ugh. I think that it'll be really amazing when the time comes. But right now I'm gonna live in my 1989 era because it is it is really amazing. And, and to that point, I have to say, although Slut is my favorite, is it over now and say don't go? Mm-hmm. Those are my the other two faves. But I found myself in when listening to the regular edition of it having a random fave and i can't tell if it's because we've had it out longer than others but her re-record of this love is 
stunning. Yeah, oh, that that has been out for a while though, because it came out for a movie. Something. Yeah, was it for mm-hmm. the summer? I turned pretty. I forget what it was for. But oh my god, she sounds incredible, and it's so well produced. So I think that's definitely my favorite re-record on the album. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about Taylor for so long. All right, Dylan. So before we wrap up today, we do have a little drama, which for our listeners who maybe haven't listened to the pod before, we do this on our special Twin Talk episodes where we poll the crowd on socials or via these episodes and people write in and they send questions for the twins. And we have one today that I wanted to read because it's kind of appropriate. You'll see why in a second. All right, here we go. Hi, boys. Love the pod. Dylan, what's on your list of shows for your next trip to the city? Kiss, hug, kiss, hug. Okay, this is a good question because... Yes, I'm starting to plan. I don't know if people know this, but Dylan, you plan your trips around these shows. Not only that, you start planning for the next trip while you're still on the trip that you're on. Right. So it's because it helps me narrow things down, being like, well, if I can still see this next time and so forth. The first thing at the top of my list when I come, it has to be Back to the Future because we didn't get to see it last time that I was in town. But that has been out for a while. I think it's Here We Are, which is the the Sondheim musical that's at the shed. And it extended. I need to get away to get in to see it. And by hook or by crook, I've heard that the Today Takes Lottery is actually really easy to win. So people just assume that it's, it's, yeah, you just have to get on right in the morning. That is probably at the top of my list. I want to see the second stage play starring Andrew Burnap, our boyfriend of the pod. Um, It's called Spain. AKA boyfriend of the pod. Yeah, definitely one of the boyfriends of the pod. And I do want to catch Betty who in Hadestown and Slay a Pfeiffer, Lilius White, Philip Boykin. Um, and I guess Jordan Fisher will be in it at the time. So um, I would love to see that. And then as far as new musicals go, I am really, really interested in How to Dance in Ohio. So I, maybe that could be something we see Yay. next time I come to town. Um, and then one that. other random off-Broadway. Let's Let's see. Um, I would love to see I Can Get It For You Wholesale. I'm hearing that Julia Lester is delivering. I mean, Tony Nominee, Queen, is really delivering in that. There's so many great people in that show, too. I didn't even realize how many people were in it. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Naomi Jones, Santino Fontana. Yeah. There's um, someone else that's in it that I'm like, I, I think Is Adam Chandler Bratt in that, too? He's in a lot. He always does stuff at Classic Stage. He's booked. He stays booked. Yeah. Dylan, I love this list. It feels kind of eclectic in a fun way. Yeah, of course, I will still need to see Gutenberg. Oh, yeah. Um, I was hoping to be able to see Pearly at some point. I don't think I'll be able to see Walk On Through, the Gavin Creel musical. Oh, that was so good. And I'm saving Merrily and maybe Harmony and maybe Spam a lot for when I come back in early 2024, when Hunter and I are going to go on a couples trip to New York. Oh, By couples trip, I mean a couple trip just the two of us will be staying with you though um and uh i think those are things he wants to see so if it's a couple trip am i excluded from any of your outings like i'm sure you guys will want to have a date night or something we will probably go out to eat and stuff but i believe we would like for you to come to any shows with us if possible oh how fun that's mm-hmm. hilarious wow dylan you're getting me excited i feel like there is a lot to see right now and even more is coming i've heard there's gonna be like 15 openings by the time it's april that is so crazy good luck to all the theater press and... <laughs> but theater press even though you're busy with those don't forget to email us back i'll just say that that's my dose of drama for this week now dylan this was <laughs> so much fun i feel like we covered a lot of bases here maybe a little too much taylor but not a never enough Taylor. Listen, 
And also by the time this comes out, I think that the Sweeney Todd casting will have been announced. And I do want to make a quick mention. My dose of drama is give Aaron to a chance. This is a dream role of his. And also if there's anyone who I think that could have followed what um, the direction that they gave Annalie for Sweeney is, I definitely think that Sutton is a fellow comedic actress who will do the role justice and everyone needs to shut their meat pie holes <laughs> and just let them do the damn thing and stop judging people before they actually go into the show. You think you know what someone's capable of and then you see them do it, then you can make their decision. Love, 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 love. If that's who's cast in it, watch, it'll be Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll cut this beforehand if it's not in it. No, no, no. I think it's fun anyway. It's a living... It's a living history, a time capsule, I should say, because that's mm-hmm. the rumor. I don't know anybody else that's rumored to be going in. Well, I texted my friend that I thought or think that Renee Elise Goldsberry would be amazing. In I would sweet. love to see her do something she'd like that. Great. We already know she's funny. So. Oh, she'd be so good. I love her. But anyway, all right. This was so fun. Everyone, yes. we're going to be releasing a Patreon episode, patreon.com slash drama podcast where I recap Wicked 20th anniversary performance and party. So, and we'll talk a little bit about Halloween, our costumes, the fun things we've seen out on the streets. You know, we you know, on the Patreon we we talk about the the civilian things, the things that we just would talk about normally and it's it's very much like this, but maybe a little bit looser. I can't wait. You usually right. send off on these, don't of you? Of course, <laughs> people should follow us online at the Drama Podcast. Check out our Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter and of course our TikTok, it's all linked below. Let us know who you want to hear from us here on the pod in 2024. We're slowly starting to to book those guests. And I can tell you we're going to finish 2023 with a bang. So we will see you very soon. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.